This is an ABC podcast. This is Lost and Found. I'm Jonathan Green. And this week in our series of ancient places, Canberra. White people have been passing through the Canberra area since the 1820s. There was a there was a grazing property called Canberry by 1827. I didn't move there until 1965. Uh, in memory, I see a misty, brooding place, the the cold streets of Yarralumla, full of frost and briquette smoke, and the call of currawongs. I grew there. I went to school there. I, I lived my early adult life there. And in all those years, it's just so strange to think of now, in all those years I heard nothing of the true past of the place as a centre of so much life of, of deep ancient rhythms. Nothing. There was no, no sound in those late 60s primary schools where we'd learn to recite the rivers of New South Wales in descending order from the Queensland border. We'd learn to parrot the the strangely uncomplicated story of white settlement from Cook to Philip and on to the likes of human hovel, the daring of explorers, our little minds were, were never turned to what was there. Truth of the country, this, this lilting, gentle flow of hills and valleys in Canberra, the, well, the country into which Canberra slowly spread liquid spread of buildings and people filling the spaces between these spare wooded hills. Dr Janara Goring-Goring is a research scholar at the Centre for Aboriginal Economic Policy Research at the Australian National University. Janara, Canberra is such an interesting place because the the white settler city, it's in a a spot of intersections of many family uh, and and totem groups in that area. Can you explain some of those intricacies for us? Yeah, well, Canberra, interestingly, is uh, in a valley of a couple of mountains that were important to the Ngunnawal people. So the central area of Canberra is commonly uh, regarded as Ngunnawal people's traditional lands. And to the east, we have the Ngambri and then sort of around the edges of that, the Gunungurra people that run up to the Blue Mountains. So Capitol Hill, where New Parliament House is, used to be traditionally a meeting place, a ceremonial crobbery ground, uh, and they had various festivals there, like the Bogon Moth Festival, mm. that they invited a lot of people from surrounding areas from the far south coast out to the Wiradjuri. People would travel and come and uh, participate in ceremonies and crobberies there to um, celebrate various times of the year. Because that, that Bogong Moth, uh, that, its progress from Mount or to the mountains from north or further north of New South yes. Wales, along that, that, that song line through 
the ACT through through Canberra. Explain that country to us. Um, yeah, well, there's sort of a ridge of mountains that go across down Ainsley Mountain, which is just nearest the airport, and then it goes right down across Anzac Parade up through Old Parliament House to New Parliament House and then across the mountain ridge down into the Snowy Mountains. So that's the traditional songline journey of the Bogon Moth, and every year they travel that way, so they're sort of genetically programmed to travel that way. And so that was the sort of major celebration for Ngunnawal people. They would collect them and roast them and they're a delicacy, really. So they'd have ceremonies around that. So that's a very significant songline and significant uh, chukupa dreaming for the Ngunnawal people. Sitting in a, in a Canberra cafe with Dr Matilda Hannes. Canberra Street, please. Canberra, Canberra Street, Street Theatre Cafe. Yes. At the ANU. I think Matilda is correcting me the precise location. We've got a cup of tea. We've, we've raced indoors out of a, a bit of a breeze today. Dr House. Thank you. Thank you so much for giving me the honour of speaking to you today from the ABC. We're sitting here just on the edge of the... Uh, Australian National University and, and in Canberra and we're just saying Canberra's a big city and yet almost like unlike any other big city in the country it's a, a place where the country still pokes through it's surrounded yes. by what was always here yes always was and always will be what I have always seen for all of my life just about living here is even though it's a city and we walk around it, we are still walking on some beautiful sites of Aboriginal peoples, um, my ancestors' place, and what they call Sullivan's Creek. You know that, yeah. I know it as Sullivan's Creek, but what, what do you know it as? It's, uh, it's on the Canberra walkway, but years ago it was always known as Lambury Creek that runs into the Monongla River. So but that's not there because they put a lake over it, didn't they? <laughs> they did. You know. And Lambury is, is important for you, these the, the, your people. Yes, of course. And uh, when the, the lake went in, uh, but to us in our culture, and especially in our in my way and our family's way, that river is still there. It's under the lake. It's still up there near Pialigo where you would have passed this morning and um, and then the lake but I remember years ago when Menzies come to uh, you know open the lake and things like that it was just a big mud holes all over the place it's still a big mud hole a bit. you know it's still a big mud, <laughs> mud hole with with all the politics that go on there you know so we can't get away from that you know and we up the hill there is is some of the atrocious things that ever happened to us, and down on the on that old Parliament House, yeah. you know, the tent embassy is still there. And you were there right in the first days. Yeah, yep, yep, yep. And well, when we'd seen it, uh, my brothers and myself, we were very um, excited. You know, there's something happening. And now, doesn't matter. It still means something to us. 
attend embassy, no matter who comes and who goes and what they're all carrying on about. The point of the matter is it's still, it's still so significant to Aboriginal people, so significant, because it still stands for what we always wanted, and that's our own, our own autonomy, and that's what we want. You know, at this stage of life, since that time, I mean, I wasn't even uh, in 67 when I was living here, living there. I mean, all that time, I wasn't even counted. I wasn't even a citizen of this country. But you know, um, I still like to think that things maybe will change after all these years, but they're still you know, governments are still putting on layers on layers. I mean, at the end of the day, from the ACT government to the federal government, I'm looking at layers and layers of an 18-tier Italian wedding cake. To take it out of the politics and into the country, that's sort of what happens with settler cities like this too. It's, it's a layer on top of something which is, is still there. Yeah, it's always was and always will be uh, Aboriginal country, you know. It, and we have our we have our uh, totems, we have our life, we have the stories. And if you're a knowledge elder, then you know the things that have been passed down to you to be passed on to others. And I don't mind doing that because at the end of the day. You know, I don't want people to say, oh, we went to Canberra and it's a, it's a city without a soul. Well, that's how people would perceive it, but that's something that they've got to get over and realise that for thousands of years, Aboriginal people always was here in this land, this beautiful country of Nambury, Ngunnawal country. And... Um, we are just in the finishing stages, a little bit longer now, for Cambry Way that we've done with the creek. And that's such an important thing, is to take a sense of those stories and a sense of yeah. country and place and show that to people. And I absolutely adore talking about White Canberra was a, a bespoke creation of the new Australian Federation. Canberra, white Australia, a white capital. An international design competition it was launched in 1911. It was boycotted by the Royal Institute of British Architects, the Institution of Civil Engineers and their affiliates across the British Empire because the Minister for Home Affairs, King O'Malley, had the temerity to insist the final decision on the design was for him to make. On 24th of May 1911, he gave his deciding vote to the design of Walter Burley Griffin and Marion Mahoney Griffin from Chicago, Illinois. It turned out to, well, be a bit of an opera house of a process in the best traditions of Australian design competitions. Competitions board it advised that it could not support the Griffin's plan in its entirety and suggested an alternative, a composite, that picked bits from the top entries and was approved by Parliament on the 10th of January 1913. On the 23rd of February 1913, King O'Malley 
drove the first survey peg into the hard soil of Capitol Hill. It was a place, a place that for millennia had been a meeting ground, a site for the confluence of peoples. Six colonies developed independently as pioneers pushed back the frontiers of the early settlements. Each established its own government, its own laws and trade barriers, and each maintained separate relations with the home government in England. In 1900, they agreed to federate, and the six colonies became the six states of the Commonwealth of Australia. One continent, one nation, and one united people. Ten years later, an area of 900 square miles in New South Wales was proclaimed federal territory, and plans were made for the building of the national capital, Canberra. A hundred years ago, the pioneers came this way, looking for new land. They came to find pasture for their growing flocks, land to plough and sow, land upon which to build their homes and the future of their children. And in their migration, they founded towns and villages where many of their descendants still live, raising sheep, growing crops, carrying on the tradition of the land. Those who came this way climbed the southern highlands and found a high valley in the foothills of the Alps, and they called it the Vale of Canbury. And it was in this valley, nearly a century later, that Canberra, the national capital, was built. In 1911, the Commonwealth invited world architects to submit designs for the new capital. The winning plans came from the office of Chicago architect Walter Burley Griffin, and in 1913, building began under his direction. Parliament House is the architectural centre of the capital and the political hub of the Commonwealth. Near it are the main administrative offices, the National Library and other important buildings. North and south, stretching out beyond the inner ring of these principal buildings, lie the residential suburbs and social centres. I love trees. Absolutely love trees. Canberra's a good place for trees. Yes, because we have that <laughs> big arboretum up the road which then the minister, John Stanhope, who was the ACT chief minister, had thought of that idea. But that's from trees from all over the world and things like that. But we still have our bush mm. with all our wonderful trees. And, you know, our courage on trees, to me, is they're the knowledge of life. Our courage on tree, very knowledgeable. And that's what I get my strength from. How strong are the stories still in Canberra? How strong is the oh, very, sense of very, country here? Very strong about my family. Um, I would have loved to have taken you up Flinders Way, where I used to camp with my grandparents, just down from Hoy's Grandma, to show you our little camp spot we had there. And uh, years and years and years, I used to drive past it and had a little sign there that said Nunnawal, Nunnawal Land, you know, meeting uh, camp spot. And I acknowledged that all the time. And then one day when I went past it, it was gone. It was absolutely gone. That was in Red Hill, yeah, it's right in Red Hill. 
And But my grandparents, who were domestic folk that used to come over and I used to come with them. My father, my grandfather was a very, very good stockman. And he used to work with a man called Mr. Russell because he had cattle up on Red Hill there and, and in, in uh, on his land. Grand, Grampy used to just help with that sort of stuff. And my grandmother used to take me to sit in uh, the ladies' homes while she was doing the houses. And, we, and then we'd be finished, then we'd camp. Then we'd camp there, you know, because it's, it's coming from uh, Yass, New South Wales, come over here, you know, had to give the horses a rest, and that's at three years of age. I think I used to take, and I remember taking the horses down for a drink down the creek, just down from Boys Grammar School. So, you know, and it's registered now. It's wow. put on the register, heritage register that uh, I existed then, you know, even though I wasn't counted in any census or whatever, neither was my grandparents. We weren't, we weren't citizens, but we were around. Good day, Midjum Boulder, Paul House Girua. My name is Paul House Girua, Baladu, Nyambri Nunawal Marini. I'm a Nyambri Nunawal person. Baladu Yaba, Nyambri Nunawal Nyiyang. I'm speaking Nyambri Nunawal language. Yeah, Nyambri is the traditional word for the word Canberra. Canberra is an anglicised, romanised version of the word Nyambri. And in language, Nyambri means to sleep, to camp. And our ancestral country stretches from southwest of Wirrawa, which is Lake George. Wirrawa in language means place of council, to the upper Murrumbidgee River and sort of down the Goodradigby River to South Yass Plains and across south of the Yass River through Ginandera, Gundaroo and across Canberra and Queanbeyan to the Gurok Ranges. So Nyambri country expanded and contracted over many generations before European invasions on, on our ancestors' uh, country. And the European invasion as our ancestors fought with, with our competing neighbouring groups and lost and regained country over thousands of years. So, yeah, so country, country expanded and contracted for many thousands of years before the, the arrival of Europeans as well. The bulk of the language was never recorded. Uh, we, there's, no, there's, no, there's nothing in the ethno-historical records. There is a little bit. Uh, the majority of our language wasn't recorded, so we... We do the research, though. We still do the research, and we we borrow words from our kinship systems, you know, our neighbouring groups, language groups as well. So, for instance, um, Wiradjuri was fully recorded, and we grew up speaking a lot of Wiradjuri words here in the southeast, in Canberra, Yass region, Cowra, Brungle, uh, Wagga Wagga, here in the southeast, and we had. We grew up with a lot of these words and we adopted those and we use them because that, that was our ancestral language. And then we move into our other language groups where it wasn't fully recorded, so we borrow and borrow words as well, which is fine as well. Because our ancestors were multilingual, so we can be multilingual as well in modern times with all our languages. Normally, uh, when we see someone, we would say, you know, good morning. Uh, so, marambang means good, marambang in language. So, we'd say, jum buru buru marambang, uh, good morning. Sort of 
one of the first words you you say in the morning when you wake up or you or you meet someone, or marumbang, a good, it can be applied anywhere, anytime. Uh, but in the morning, jumburuburu marumbang. Jumbuk means, which was Romanized in the jumbuk, means small clouds of smoke in language, or smoke. Uh, when our ancestors first saw sheep, the only way they could describe a sheep was with the word jumbuk. We had the other words that are yeah, tell stories as well. Many other, all the words, most of the words tell a story, like garu worry. Garu in language means to hunt, and worry means one who, one. So it translates into one who hunts, garu worry. Thank you in language is warugu worry. Uh, there's another word as we have in language, we've adopted it from uh, the Wiradjuri speaking people, which is our ancestry as well, is the word yinjamara. Yinjamara means to take responsibility, to uphold, uh, to show respect. But Wuraguri in language means thank you. Maranya. Maranya uh, means uh, sort of men, women and children in language. So it's, it's people of the present time. And, yeah, it's a powerful word. Uh, it encapsulates everyone, Maranya, men, women and children, particularly in present times. Because we have, you know, we have people of, we have words for people of the dream time as well, people of the dreaming in language. We have many different words to describe places and uh, the landscape, uh, you know, the universe the land, the plants, the animals, it's all connected, not just environmentally, but also spiritually. So, Mijin Bola, Paul House Girawa. My name is Paul House Girawa. Baladu Yaba Nyambri Nunawal Nyiyang. I'm speaking Nyambri Nunawal language. Nyambri Nunawal Maranya Baragaling Gurubari Burudara. Nyambri and Nunawal people, welcome you all to country. Dr. Janara Goring Goring. Janara, t- take us to, to Mulligan Flats above Gungala in Canberra. Yeah, well, that's an important site for the Ngunnawal and, and one that they've had a hand in actually uh, participating, putting up signs and other significant cultural things around their stories and so on. And they've uh, the government has uh, designed a particular area where people can walk and uh, read about the area and get a feel for it, in fact, because it's right in the middle of the suburb, but it's sort of up on the hill. And you can look down across the northern part of Canberra there, Gungahlin. And it's got a red ochre pit, which is a very significant site for the Ngunnawal people on that area of land, a very rich soil there where people would go and uh, mine for the oak they needed for their ceremonies. I mean, it, it's interesting, you know, people, uh, you know, often say Canberra, why is it there? <laughs> it's a place of great mystery. But <laughs> I think if, you, if, if we look to it, it's, it's ancient past. It's yes, clearly really. such an important place. It is quite, you know, and it's interesting that it it's a, you know, it's a significant songline area. So it's interesting that Marion Burley Griffin, particularly, who was a, 
um, geomancer, that is, she understood the magnetic ley lines of the earth, she recognised that in the drawings that she did that helped Burley Griffin, um, you know, design the layout of the area. So in that, in that old, that, that, that wonderful triangular layout of the city, there's a reflection there of, of things that would have been known and would have been perhaps familiar to its original inhabitants. Really? Yes, of course it is. Um, it's, it's the centre of Canberra's right smack in the middle of that um, song line, so it's, it's very interesting and important. Uh, interesting they chose it just out of the middle of farmland mm. and interesting that both parliament houses sit directly on the song line. been listening to Lost and Found, a Blueprint for Living production this week in our series of Ancient Places, Canberra. You heard from Dr Matilda House, a Nambri Ngunnawal elder, Dr Janara Gorengoreng, a research scholar from the Centre for Aboriginal Economic Policy Research at the ANU. You also heard from Ngunnawal and Nambri man Paul House, as featured on RN's Away. Music by Ryan Clapham and Curtis Kennedy, a.k.a. Curran. Producers are Mira Adler-Gillies and Buffy Gorilla. Technical production by Ari Gross. I'm Jonathan Green. You've been listening to an ABC podcast. Discover more great ABC podcasts, live radio and exclusives on the ABC Listen app.